Hey you guys, welcome back to another week of Imani Talks Astrology. Um, hi. Has anyone ever been ghosted by a Sagittarius before? <laughs> Look. You just get pulled into the fun. Woo. Anyway. Um, sorry. I just... I don't know. I was in a... Oh, I said I would stop eating on the podcast. Shit. I'm sorry. Oops. See. All logic. All rules, all boundaries, just out, out the fucking door. As soon as Sag season starts. Anyway, I just couldn't. I just like I, listening to the episode. It was so depressing. Like I wouldn't have wanted to listen to that, and I don't think it would have been fair to make you guys listen to that either. However, you know, I said, what did I say? I said the week before during the full moon to watch out for that last quarter moon last week was so sad (laughs) it was just so sad like just this wave of sadness you know and like I still feel so weird I don't even know what it is it's so many things. You know, the sky has been so busy the last couple of weeks and we're just getting pulled in so many different directions and it does not stop. I'm just letting you know that it doesn't stop. Um, November has literally been the fastest month of my entire life. It has lasted one day. You know, it it just flew by. And I told you guys, things were going to pick up speed as soon as Mercury went direct, just one thing after another. And it's like, as soon as like the lag, you know, and the delay of the slow moving Mercury stops, just everything catches up really, really fast. And it's just like, whoa, when did that get here? Why is that now? Oh, okay. Is that what's happening? Cool. Wait, this too? And it's like, yes, this too. And this and this and this and this and this you know it's just a lot and it's like where is the time to do this where is the time to do any of this I have so many different directions to go into how am I going to find the time to do all of that right we literally have just been yanked into the mutable fire energy and it's kind of scary um and it's kind of exhilarating but it's also very very overwhelming it's a wildfire you know um it just it can consume everything you know the dynamism that is the fire energy um and it's really easy to get carried away with it it's also really easy to burn yourself with it as well it's like a, um, I know 
the beginning of the month, it was on the 5th, was Guy Fawkes Day in the UK. Hee <laughs> That was what I, I lived in the U. Such a Sagittarius season conversation. When I was little, literally 10 years ago. Wow. Not 10, 20 years ago. Why can I even say that? That I was somewhere 20 years ago. I lived in the UK um, for like a year. Military family. And that was my favorite holiday to learn about. Uh, when he wanted to blow up Parliament. But then he got discovered. And they tried to hang him. Right? Remember, remember the 5th of November. Um, yeah. Anarchy. And then, you know, we've seen V for Den- Vendetta. Emotional anarchy is the theme of Sagittarius season. And this next couple of weeks, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's all I'm gonna say. Sagittarius season, so Sagittarius in the tarot is represented by the Temperance card, which of course, I think it's our an archangel. I want to say, archangel Uriel. I'm trying to Google and all of these ads are popping up. I really cannot. Um, Hmm. I don't know. It, it, I don't know if that makes sense. It may, it may not. Um, but the card that I have that depicts it has a woman standing with a red cup in her right hand and a blue cup in her left hand. Respectively, they are related to the masculine and feminine. Um, and on the side of the blue cup is a waxing crescent moon and on the I'm sorry a waning crescent yes a waxing crescent and then on the end of the red cup is a waning crescent now I had the realization um this is the moon child tarot that I'm looking at that the emotional side is depicted with or the feminine side with the waxing crescent, which is about struggling out of past conditions and dependencies. And the right side is about destroying, or the masculine side is about destroying structures in your life that no longer work for you. It is the balance of these two things, of the emotional 
aspect of letting go uh, or the patience with oneself to let go and the masculine action oriented side that allows you know the balance to kind of come into play and an awareness that both the head and the heart are important in the decision making process the thing with Sagittarius season is being able to maintain that equilibrium within yourself to be able to take the calculated not even calculated it's calculated on a level that is not scientific it's not logical it's not analytical it is pure heart it is fire right it is from a deep and intense knowing that was formulated in the fire i'm sorry not the fire the fixed water energy of scorpio season in which there is an emotional resonance that one has that provides a inner knowing of deep truth of self and self in the interactions with the outer world and how that impacts the internal world right and and the relationship with the external world specifically with people and places and things that we interact with often right and with that being able to then use this emotional resonance that we have to shoot out follow me please if this makes sense different rays of being able to not even or yes to conceptualize or make sense of what is happening around us not in a again logical way or a analytical way but in a philosophical way it's about beliefs right and what our beliefs will carry us to do um for ourselves for our community for our relationships um and so it's expansion and it's being able to take that emotional resonance and be able to grow it beyond the self right through the things that we put ourselves into through the things that we invest our time and our energy into and so there is an aspect of journeying and discovering that allows us to build something solid of what it is that we feel and the in-between and the journey is right the Sagittarius season aspect of things that which then brings us to the life building, the structure, um, the architecture um, of life in Capricorn season, which is where we then find our framework for our life, right? It's where all of that kind of culminates. This Sagittarius season is a little... um, a little chaotic and not in like the typical Sag way but like in a a lot is happening what's going on kind of way so last week 
Mars went into Scorpio. And in addition to that, we had Jupiter crossing the galactic center. So there may have been lots of aha moments, truth coming to uh, to surface, especially truth related to this paradigm shift. Um, And there is this preparation of this very, very, very quick rewind that is the shadow period of Mercury retrograde because there's a lot of catching up to do. This again is an energy of tying up loose ends and this very odd thing that I noticed that I found across many, many of the charts that I'm about to talk about for today is this interception between Aries and Libra. I think the lines are a little bit blurred around what's happening for you. And I say you, I mean you, but I also mean me and everybody else individually because what what I picked up you know so with Aries and the Libra element so it's like the relationship self and the personal self the identity are very hard to grasp right it's very hard to be grounded in the idea of self and even be grounded in the idea of connecting to other people yet there is so much kind of um centered around community, around family, around really big themes, but the inability to connect on an individual basis with self and with others is a little bit blurred. Now, what I took from that, and correct me if I'm wrong, I think given the fact that and I've talked about for a while, you know, this is a really big point of um, awakening for a lot of people. And I think this continued theme in charts is this awakening of unity consciousness, where there is no separation. It is all interconnectedness and that's something that I wrote about um, a little bit before and I think what because that is the case a lot of the ego shit is going to backfire it just is it's not going to work and I think a lot of people will quickly realize that utilizing the egoic approach is going to create more harm and chaos and and resistance in a time in which everyone is really just being asked to just elevate. I pulled a card and it just happened to be a card that was damaged the other week um, by water. And that, because I had uh, my iron on the table. Oh, this was the day that the Himalayan pink salt lamp fell on my foot that was fun um and my iron like the water like exploded all over my table and like got on this deck and it really made me very upset um and it was very interesting to see which cards got damaged the card that got damaged was the card defeat 
and defeat is number 16 in the tarot I believe is the oh the tower <laughs> and it's in reverse if you've been feeling like there has been a tower moment pending you know this next two me- weeks I'm so sorry might be the week which it's coming and I, I don't want to say that but I think it's true This the energy is so like just my god I'm gonna take a quick break and I'm gonna jump into things because there is a lot of shit to talk about we have to talk about the day that the sun entered Sag because there's some interesting shit there Venus in Capricorn which just happened in the last 30 minutes and has really just fucked with my body um Neptune going direct and that's where we'll kind of leave off this week oh the new moon which is like probably when you're listening um yeah holy smokes already i'll be back so one thing that i noticed um so the sun entered sag on the 22nd of november at 9 59 a.m eastern standard time washington dc on the ascendant was Capricorn and there is a direct conjunction with the south node and so a lot of the old ideas and frameworks are leading this I think right now a lot of people, myself included, are still in the process of breaking free of aspects of the old paradigm. And there's an element of resistance that's there because of the level of of difficulty and the intensity that is kind of faced. And so there is a layer, again, of seriousness that is there um, because of the hard asks related to letting go, just releasing um, of things that just don't work anymore. Um, And I think there is an element of frustration that people likely feel because there is an, an element of delay, but time is still moving very, very quickly. One thing that I notice is that the ascendant of the sun in Scorpio ingress was also in Capricorn and I am going to check and see if the Libra one was too because look if that is the case somebody is trying to tell us something right um let me see it's taking a second to load 
Nope, that one was Leo. And then the Virgo one, that's as far as I have back in my computer right now. Bow with me. Was also Leo. Interesting. So, hmm. One thing that both of those signs have in common is keeping up appearances. For Leo, it's about this is the show, this is what we're doing. For Capricorn, it's like we're keeping it together. This is how we're going to function. This is how we're going to act. Let's keep it together, right? Um, Both of which are deeply related to status. And I think it has a lot to do with kind of fighting the old paradigm ideas of status and where you should be versus where you are, right? In the 12th house, we have, well, the sun is in the 11th house. So there is a really big ask centered around community, around the intersections of identity, around the value that we add to our public life, right? To who people see us as. And I say that because um, the 11th house, of course, has its relationship to the 10th house um, and the midheaven. And with the ruler of the sun sitting in the 12th house, there is this really big energy of, uh, as I wrote, give it all to God. Um, You have to surrender to your dreams, to your wishes, to the areas in which you grow, um... And they also can be something that consumes you if you let them. It can be the thing that isolates you if you let it. What you feel, what you believe can harm you if you let them. Sitting in the space, and again, the idea of temperance, we can really get caught up in getting ahead of ourselves and not allowing ourselves the space and time that we need. We have to trust in divine timing. You have to trust in divine timing, I think, because a lot of things are just kind of have filtered in over the last couple of days as Jupiter has crossed the galactic center and as Venus has crossed the galactic center and there's all of these downloads and things that have kind of streamed into your subconscious that maybe you're not completely aware of yet that you don't necessarily need to be aware of as well and all of these different things that are allowing this kind of this hidden framework of this hidden complex system that's allowing things to exist the way that you need them to is just kind of working in the background and we can't get ahead of ourselves. And there are lots of ways in which we can allow our ego, which is a really big thing with fire, to really kind of take a hold of us and push us into a place in which we say and do things that we will regret later. Moon is in Libra on the day that the sun entered um, 
Sagittarius. The moon was in Libra. And so again, the idea of emotional equilibrium and being fair and being diplomatic and not getting caught up in the reindeer games, right? And being able to be like, hey, you know, it is about being in relationship with other people, being in relationship with community, with self, but doing so in the most authentic way. And because we've been in a space in which we've been trying to get back to what that is for a very long time, for most of us, it's been years, right? We have to give ourselves the space and time to craft that and not get too caught up in how fast everything around us is moving um, because that can discourage us and that can cause us to make decisions that aren't necessarily the best. On that same day, Mars was being able to, was starting to approach a, um, strengthen its opposition to Uranus. Um, Mars was sitting on the midheaven, so people can be seen as defensive, secretive, but also passionate and mysterious, taking on the world, wanting to get really solid on what's been going on emotionally. And on the 24th, was when that opposition was at its strongest. Trust and believe Mars is about to continue to have a conversation with some other planets um, over the next couple of months. Um, And within the next couple of weeks, Jupiter is going to be having a conversation with Uranus about some much needed changes and some very important things that have to be restructured in our lives, right? So there is a lot again, that's going on behind the scenes and it's taking a little bit more time. And again, I know time is moving very quickly. Pay it no mind. Mars and Scorpio is the internalized warrior energy protecting what you feel. It's easier to hold on for dear life, but it is all about letting go. What are you protecting? Being able to go back to the idea of, are you protecting old ways of being? Are you defensive about a way that you're used to navigating the world around something that you're used to experiencing? Are you fighting off help, love, and opportunity because the old paradigm feels solid? That's another thing, right? Where there are certain things related to the paradigm, whether it's a housing situation, whether it's a job, whether it's I don't know, a certain working relationship that you have that just feels very familiar. It's the tradition of being able to participate in that that makes it feel very safe. But being able to have the bravery to kind of loosen our grip and allow space for it to disappear, um, to surrender our attachment to it um, so that we can make room for new, right? It's not about you know, you, I'm not telling anybody to fucking quit their job or to move out of the like, oh, I'm just leaving, you know? And in some cases, for some people, it may be that. You just have to go. You just have to leave. You just have to give it up. You just have to do that, you know? I understand, like, people have to survive, so that's not the case for everybody. But with that, it's being able to ha- release the attachment to it on an emotional level that allows space for something new and a new opportunity to kind of come in. Um, and leaving room for you to discover what is and is not for you. Lots of sexual energy. Aggression and suspicion is also a really big thing that's kind of in the air at this time. Some of the themes related to Mars opposite Uranus. Surprises from men. A surprise attack, I definitely would say, looking at the news for things related to prison. Ah, yeah, this was the things because when Uranus, when they were opposite each other last week, 
um, it was, um, Uranus was in the 12th house. So there may have been some things related to prisons and hospitals, large animals, um, attacking men, aggression or violence um, over the next couple of weeks. Um, there is a need, an overwhelming need to fight or to give up. Breakdowns and breakthroughs related to short-term goals, determination, drive, and advocacy. Um, there is the potential of people to feel hurt um, by the decisions that people are making or the realizations that people have come to. There is a release of pressure. Um, there is a something that has just been festering, 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 festering that just needs to the space, right? And being able to kind of give yourself the space, ask the questions, say the things that will allow you to be able to take that pressure off of yourself. And it's especially an emotional pressure and burden that's being put on you. And it's one that's likely been felt for a very long time. The quarter moon last week, um, I, I pulled a quote, I don't remember where it was from, but it talked about a crisis in consciousness, um, discontent with existing structures and environment, the impatience intensifying, taking emotional risks, unpredictable <laughs> sexual energy, the spark to leave, the spark to heal, freeing self from deep feelings. So having the awareness that there have been some very deep and intense attachments to a certain idea of security um, and stability that is just hindering your ability to find a greater source of security and stability elsewhere. And so this has is now a separate is separating what I wrote I swear I wrote something else mm -hmm. oh, we'll talk about that when I get to Venus in um, Capricorn one other thing that's on the chart um, Mercury is starting to intensify its trine to Neptune um, and they will have another final conversation while it is retrograde. And so there is an awareness of emotional wounds or defensive that have created lies or distortions in interactions. There is an element of vagueness, um, information withholding um, to, again, maintain a public image or to kind of control what people have access to you for and of course you know that can be done intentionally in a harmful way but it also can be done unintentionally as well I think there's a very big element of like I'm keeping this secret because I don't want to get hurt right um and uh we will get back to that in a second um, all of that was happening in the 10th house and in the second house. So again, all of the secrets are 
related to keeping up appearances, which is something that I kind of had just talked about at the beginning. Um, whether you're trying to, you know, there's a, again, with the <laughs> ascendant and Capricorn, there's naturally a stoicism that people have. And it's a defensiveness in which people just want to be protected. And I think the thing about that is when, and again, going back to the emotional equilibrium, we know how Libra moons and Libra people have the tendency to kind of hold on to or withhold information because they know, in this case, holding on to feelings because we know that they can tip the scale one way or the other and being afraid to do so, right? Instead of saying the information, yes, it's going to cause an imbalance, but it allows the opportunity to course correct back to what is fair. Sun is trying to Chiron, um, approaching that nice and intensely. It um, got a little bit stronger on, I believe, the 23rd and the early hours of the 24th sun trying chiron i wrote can you be yourself please moving forward and growing must be paired with a desire to heal our identity and so it is a realization that the expansiveness that we seek um is being facilitated by either the wounded self and the wounds that we refuse to heal about our identity, um, or they are being sparked by the newfound sense of acceptance and transcendence of wounds. And so there is a really big element of being able to teach and show other people, you know, like through my experience and by setting an example by the way that I navigate life, here is what I have seen and discovered about myself, and here is how this can kind of lead the way um, into a new um, a new way of self-expression and risk that's necessary for me to determine what it is that I would like to build for myself and, and within my life, right? And all of that is being informed. I know that last week felt a little emotionally intense because of the galactic center, you know, crossing over a fucking black, it's literally Jupiter crossing over a fucking black hole, that Debbie Downer, um, and it just kind of feeling like all, it's like, like the Dementors, like just all the happiness was just low-key just sucked out of everything. It was the creation of a vacuum to allow new waves of consciousness to come in and to shift our understanding of what truth is. Um, and not necessarily on a conscious level, but on a subconscious level. And over the next few weeks, we will kind of see that show, um, especially as Jupiter enters Capricorn and it starts to aspect planets. And there is this, um, again, really beautiful ability to... Um, ground all of that beautiful dreamer um, excitement energy that kind of came from Jupiter when it was in its uh, in domicile in Saturn in in Sagittarius 
One other thing worth mentioning that I did not know that I thought was very fascinating. So yeah, the 24th was the first, was the last time until 2030 that Jupiter and um, Venus will be conjunct in the sign of Sagittarius. So that will be the next time that we get to have that very beautiful experience. Um, It was setting a tone for the next 12 years of how we would like to grow our money how we would like to grow and expand our the way that we value ourselves you know and it's being able to do so coming from this like very deep you know knowing that I am valuable regardless you know like I am an embodiment of divinity and so and I am a part of this really amazing grand plan um and and knowing that what is it that I, how is it that I will show the world um, and show myself that I value me and how will that kind of trickle outside of me and, and kind of show up in, in the world, if that makes sense. Um, talking about Venus in oh, Capricorn, which has happened today. Um, the 25th of November at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Washington, D.C. Venus and Cap can be a little emotionally rigid, but it also can be just very serious. It's about what is the the business of love. It's about being able to have guidelines and boundaries around what is and is not worth investing you know our energy into it's it's definitely a very like commitmenty planet um where as i wrote intimacy and connection is given within these boundaries an opportunity to test our seriousness and new self needs maintaining and sharpening the tool is what I wrote because Venus is sitting in the sixth house. So it may kind of feel a bit toilsome, especially when you have new money opportunities um, or you're coming into, I don't know, you're dating people or you're trying to reaffirm your personal value, especially given the fact that this, um, well, what we call Thanksgiving is this week, right? And so there is a lot of reunions kind of happening with family and ultimately having to have this really annoying testing ground of our boundaries around what we have structured in our life. To go back to the idea of Intimacy and connection is given within these boundaries. These boundaries, again, we've been talking about boundaries and life buildings and the new paradigm for like months now. And this is just another uh, opportunity to really kind of test that. The Pluto and Saturn are in the seventh house. So there is an element of... Excuse me. There is an element of um, within the interpersonal relationships, 
this week we may confront a lot of the or during this um, transit of the planet um, through the sign of Capricorn confronting the old paradigm through other people through interactions and it being this kind of hard-fought um, uh, kind of uphill battle that we might feel with trying to make people understand that like hey that's just not okay there is a very big element of the past right and people being able to reckon with the idea that you have changed your boundaries change what you find acceptable has changed will you be able to listen to me or will you not be able to listen to me let me know so I can act accordingly right um and being very just uh you can see that that would likely cause a bit of of contention the ascendant of course as I have kind of just vaguely mentioned has of the sun of the sun ingress has moved to the descendant um so there is a whereas the season is all about looking into engaging with others or connecting beyond yourself in a way that is nurturing and nourishing and the venus and capricorn transit is even though it had there are quite there's the aspects are positive but they're very positive in a way that makes room to for things not to be very positive (laughs) um it's about how you use that the energy right um so it's a lot about how you present yourself to other people and what it is that they take from that. I think in a lot of ways there will be a line kind of drawn in the sand again around who is and is not worth giving or inviting into this kind of new chapter of life and that's not to say that you know that means that people are gone forever but it just is like maybe you need to take a couple steps back from where I had originally placed you um north node in the 12th house Mm. I don't want to talk about that so I'm not going to um midheaven in pisces so a very large uh so this is all done with compassion that's the thing like you are doing this with a sense of wanting to be understood trying to understand other people but part of that is being able to say look I'm sorry but we can't do that it can also be very easy to slide into people pleasing it can also be very easy to slide into I'm you know I'm just gonna not I'm just not going to engage and in a way trying to kind of dissociate from what's happening because it feels very uncomfortable fifth house stelium fun um full of Scorpio planets the thing about the fifth house you know it's about the things that we the things that we do to have you know, enjoy in this moment and possibly regret later, right? 
Um, it's a the hedon, hedonism house. It's about pleasure seeking. Um, it's about the um, the way that we show ourselves to the world. It's self expression, right? And so it can be a matter of I showed up in this way, or you know, and I'm like fuck. I can see how that has created this idea that this is the type of person I am now, right? And so it's just kind of overall there is always consequence to the fifth house even though it doesn't seem like it right you go out with your friends and you get really drunk it was really fun but like the next day you have a hangover right and so being able to kind of deal with that venus loves the fifth house um there is um so some of the so mars has now entered this house and uranus is of course in the 11th so some of the Mars Uranus things may come back to haunt you, right? Maybe there are spaces in which you spoke too soon. Um, maybe there was something that was said or done um, that was fruitful in the instance because it was something that was needed, but it does have this long-term ripple effect internally and externally that will likely come to light over the next couple of weeks, right? And it will kind of happen for a while. So I would say when, one, the moon is next in Scorpio, um, which will be, I don't know, literally like uh, 28 days from today, um, or 28 days from two days ago, you can do the math, um, as well as when some of the planets that are in Capricorn um, over the next, or when Venus meets up with Mars and has a sextile, um, there is some money um, or person, relationship, uh, security need, feeling that experiences... Um, hmm. I don't know how to say this. Whatever was done has some sort of consequence that is related to either a relationship, money, a sense of security, self-esteem, even possibly something related to your appearance. If you had a surgery, um, a surprise surgery, or some sort of procedure, you cut your hair, you... um hmm, uh, had something removed or if something broke, within the next couple of days, when Venus is at around four degrees, five degrees, um, Capricorn, there could be an opportunity to do something to remedy that, Right? Or some sort of consequence that comes from that. Remember, consequence has both positive and negative meanings. But also, in the next few weeks, as Mars starts to catch up to some of the other planets that are in... Um, oh, and then Jupiter in the next couple of weeks as well. And it catches up to all of these other planets. There will be a ripple effect that you'll see of the decision that was made this weekend right um 
or things that kind of happened this weekend that kind of have this ripple, long-term ripple effect um, or could have some potential long-term ripple effect over the next couple of months. And then when Uranus, I'm sorry, not Uranus, when Saturn enters, that's not for a while, so don't worry about that. But in um, late January, hmm, Aquarius season, um, yes, in Aquarius season, again, watch out to kind of see how this expresses itself, um, even as planets meet up with Uranus as well. I think there are more surprises that have came from the surprise or sudden change or shift that started to occur um, over the last week or so. That was very long-winded, I'm sorry. Um, again, this is another chart in which there is an Aries-Libra interception. So becoming hard to, again, separate individual from other may be a big wave of unity consciousness makes these hard decisions even harder interconnectedness of decision making so i think one of the elements of things is being able to see the fractality of the decisions that you're making when you're telling someone this is the you can't do that and it's not that it's about being that you know restricting them from doing some particular thing because you don't like them but because that's just not okay and being able to understand that that will foster an opportunity for them to take a step back, to grow, to make whatever decision it is that will impact the ecosystem that both you have created with each other, but also the ecosystems that they have with other people as well, if that makes sense. Um, the thing about unity consciousness, when it is integrated with the ego or is interacting with very ego-centered ways of navigating life is that so the idea of it is about there is it's not a, with unity consciousness as opposed to dual consciousness or duality consciousness is that it's not about wrong versus right it's about it is it's that temperance it's what's in the middle it's the scales it's balance it's what's in the middle you know it is Things that are, you know, being able to kind of say that objectively, this is what this thing is and this is what this means. And it, it, for example, if you can't respect my boundaries, we can't interact with each other. That doesn't mean that you're bad. That doesn't mean that I'm better than you. It just means that. And so with that, there also can be room for, of course, you can imagine how someone would feel and react to that because a lot of people, it's about winning and losing. It's not about unity. It's about wrong or right. And so confronting head on the issue um, of the integration of unity consciousness when there are so many people who still operate in dual consciousness, right? And so it can also foster codependency, right? And I say that in the way that when you're like, well, this person isn't right or wrong, it can get into a bit of, and this goes to the midheaven and Pisces thing where it's like there's a bit of an, an enabling energy um, that there's also a bit of room for um, as well that we do have to be very careful of. There is increasingly becoming less and less fire 
in the sky and the sky is becoming just very very watery and earthy which is kind of scary um and it I say that because it, there are going to be so many layers of understanding that are missing between people because words and actions are kind of missing from the framework that we use to communicate with each other. I don't remember what episode it was in which I was talking about language becoming more and more obsolete. But this is another kind of example of that where we're literally just dealing with straight like all the feminine like all the feminine planets. All the signs are in like feminine planets for the most part. Um and and will continue to be so cuz next week when Jupiter moves out of yeah. Next week when Jupiter moves out of Sagittarius, the only planets that will be in fire are going to be the Sun and Chiron. And then when we get to Capricorn season, there will literally be one planet in fire. It's going to be just straight the just feminine polarity super super just in there strong and I can see why you know people are talking so much about you know all of these things related to spirituality and awakening because there is just this really big influx of the water modality or I'm sorry the water element as well as the earth element which of course are are the feminines um and so it's just yeah and that explains why there is the dissolving of the self and the relationship, the one-on-one relationship, and it's becoming more about community, family, the larger structures of relationship that we come from. Okay, I'm going to take a quick break, and I will be back. We're going to talk about this new moon, and we're going to talk about Neptune going direct. Okay, I need to get my life so I could come back and do this. This new moon is also kicking my ass because it is directly square my Chiron and directly square by Pisces Delium. So I am just like, I'm trying not to pick apart every single thing that I say. And it's just like, what's happening to me right now is exactly what I see in the chart. Everything is escaping me. I can't seem to pin down anything. And it's like, it's like, I don't, there, I don't know what movie it was. I think maybe it was an Avengers movie where, or some sort of movie where villains have been able to like stop like the heroes from being able to use their powers and like them just being like, it's not working. Like I can't do my thing. Like my powers are deactivated. I have no power right now. Like what's going on? And it's, that's kind of the energy of the new moon. As I've said before, time is moving incredibly fast and 
I don't take back a single thing that I said during that Taurus full moon. However, I do believe that this cycle, this time is serving as a really big obstacle to reaching that and reaching what it is that we want in a tangible way. And it can make it very easy for us to become overly critical of ourselves as we're being kind of, in a way, like tossed around or even just slapped in the face um, with a really quick um, replay of all of the things that we're supposed to learn and all of the things that we're integrating into our consciousness and integrating into the way that we're just being. And again, new moon in Mm. new moon in Sagittarius is that awareness of the new dimensions of self and the new opportunities for self that we are to go into but it is in a way something that is a bit hard to pin down and and understand Oh, fuck. Okay, cool. I see something else to talk about. (sighs) Okay, we'll get there. The Ascendant, again, is Capricorn. So this stoic seriousness, yet again, is ruling the way that we're navigating the world. And so the thing with Earth planets, and when there's lots of planets in Earth, especially when all of them are in Capricorn, is that there is this tendency to pick and pick and pick and pick at ourselves. You may have seen anxiety manifesting in a very physical way for you. Your limitations, Saturn, sextile, Neptune, may create a sense of anxiety for you that you are taking out on yourself physically. Like I've noticed I've been a lot more fidgety and literally like physically picking like at like my skin. I know that's gross to say, but just being very honest. Um, Over the last couple of of weeks with this Saturn-Neptune energy, because it's just been very stressful all of the emotional work, purging, etc. that's being done and not seeing anything come of it and kind of being worried, am I doing things right? Is this going the way that it's supposed to be going? Is there more that I could be doing? Why don't I have enough time to do this? Is what I'm doing out of reach? Am I, should I be doing more? This is Venus, I'm sorry, Virgo intercepted, is worried, overly critical, overly judgmental of the what they're doing with their time, what they're doing with their resources, what they're doing with what sits inside of them, right? And so it can be very easy to become consumed, quite honestly, by this desire to kind of just fix everything and make everything right and and not seeing the things that you want to do or the things that you're trying to do 
move fast enough or the opportunities not necessarily being there and even to a certain extent feeling as though you're being delusional about what you do have to to make sense of things right and so it's a really big element of not being able to your discernment is kind of flawed because you can't necessarily pin down exactly what it is that you you should be doing and so you may kind of be scattering to yourself or spreading yourself into a lot of different directions but also becoming very critical of things that you could be doing that you don't necessarily feel like you can do if that makes sense it's a, just a very frustrating energy and it can be very easy to want to snap on people <laughs> but please try not to um the ruler of our new moon is in the 12th house so again you can become consumed by your beliefs right now and what your mind or what your environment is telling you about what's going on can really just it can take you there um, in a way that just isn't true. It's just not true. And, and that's the thing that you have to kind of understand. You will try so hard. There is no air in the sky. Stop trying to make sense of everything. There is a need to surrender. Like the only way of making sense of anything is not being attached to making sense of anything because more surprises are coming. <laughs> Opportunities are coming. They are coming, I promise. You will start to see them in the next couple of weeks. Things are going to start moving. But right now, the only thing that you can really be grounded in is intention setting for what it is that you're looking to discover about yourself. And the ways that you're looking to grow, the ways that you're looking to expand, the journeys and adventures that you're trying to take, whether it be inside of you, but also external as well. You know, where do your beliefs need an upgrade? What beliefs don't align with what you feel right now? What you're feeling your way into, not what you know, not what you think, what you're feeling your way into right there is just a really big as i said there's just going to be the sky is about to be basically all earth and water for most of the rest of the year and so we really have to use the receptive part of ourselves to allow space for the things to come and trust that we will take action when we need to right it can it's just like I can, it's it feels like a trap not like, like an actual trap but like a it's really easy to get caught up there's a very big element of again private relationships public self and really kind of seeing how those two parts of you not that everything has to be in the open not that everybody has to see and know what's happening in your life but being able to kind of integrate 
parts of yourself more seamlessly, I guess, being able to kind of blur the lines between those two things or allowing their space to be nurturing that comes from your external self, but also there being a stability in your, um, I don't know how to say this. It's like, again, with this kind of flipping, this flip-flop energy back and forth between the ascendant being Cancer and Capricorn over and over again, it's like being able, it's like finding that fine balance between nurturing and building, nurturing and building, nurturing and building, right? But like what else is missing from that framework that needs to be added to the way that you nurture and build? Some of the dreams and things that you've realized will inform that when Jupiter enters Capricorn and you're able to make very real what it is that you've been imagining and dreaming for yourself, right? The the thing that's happening here is like, it's like this new moon is capturing all of that. I don't ever really talk about writing intentions. This is just one of those new moons where that feels incredibly important. The next new moon that we're going to have is going to be an eclipse. And so it will be an eclipse when Jupiter is in Saturn. I'm sorry, is in Capricorn. And so it will be Saturn ruled, right? And so a lot of it will be like, okay, cool. All the shit that you've been, you know, wishing for, hoping, dreaming, etc. You know, now what are we going to do? What are we going to do with that? We need to ground that and we need to make that real. And we're kind of moving into that space where all of the kind of loopy kind of just like, this might be it. Bam, bam. Like, I don't know. This is not making sense right now. I'm so sorry. All of the like, oh, this is uh, this idea, this idea, this idea. We can do this. This could look like this. You know, I believe that, you know, we can shape this thing like this, or I can shape my life in this particular way. It's like, cool. Those are all really great ideas. What are we doing to make that real is what's going to be happening in the next couple of weeks and in the next year that Jupiter is in Capricorn. All of that happy-go-lucky expansive energy has to be put somewhere. And it's going to be about what you're actually able to build, right? What's realistic. And so to a certain extent, a lot of the things that we want for ourselves are not realistic. Not because they're not possible, but because there's a certain amount of work that we have to put in to make that real. Or there are pieces that are missing from the framework that we don't know that would add to the possibility of that thing becoming real. And so a really big thing, remember, Jupiter not only rules Sagittarius, but also Pisces. So it's answering to, so Neptune is also a part of this conversation. And this conversation, again, like I said, that's been happening between Mercury and Neptune is about to get very spicy and it's about to get to a point where there are going to be some things that just are not making sense that are about to start making sense right it's um i will talk about dates in a a couple in a few minutes 
there are a few dates to kind of keep in mind. One thing that I wrote, Mercury and Neptune together, lies can lots of times be about lies. And we do have to keep in mind that not all lies are malicious. However, lies do have consequences. And the lies, like I said before, are centered around keeping up appearances and are related to the things that so somebody might have been lying about how much money they make. Somebody might have been lying about their family or something that's happening in their home, something that's happening... Um, you know, with their possessions. Somebody could have been lying about things related to career, you know, or lying about who they are, you know? And so like that, again, there are many different ways that that can kind of come up and it will be a lot clearer in the next couple of days, especially when Neptune goes direct, literally on Wednesday. This is a very busy week. So the the dream or distortion um, that's been trying to come out, especially the stuff related to Mercury retrograde, all of it is catching up. So all of those people that you remember there being something related to Mercury retrograde with, all of their shit, all of those things are coming back out right now. Or there was something that you thought that you knew and discovering that there was more to the story than what you originally saw or what you originally thought. That scared the shit out of me to even say that. Um, Like I said, things that have to keep up appearance, personal and public perception. There is a certain way that somebody or something is is presenting itself publicly in a certain way that they are misconstruing or kind of warping or distorting themselves personally to keep up appearances. And in some ways, it's thinking about the ways that you do that because of the old paradigm. This weekend, had an amazing conversation with Lily. Um, You can follow her on um, Instagram at Lion Paul Lily um, about scarcity. And one thing that she mentioned was that, you know, when we like existing in a city, we have to take on archetypes um, that make us adopt scarcity, right? There's only a li- you cannot create or have a space to make your own food or to access create access to your own water you have to use the sewage system you have to use the electrical power system that's there you have to utilize the modes of transportation that are there there's a limited number of parking spaces there's a limited number of jobs there's a limited number of this there's a limited number of that right all of these scarcity systems are that you have to opt into and so in a way this new moon is being able to have this awareness and over this next week in general this awareness of where you've opted in and the the hmm, the Sagittarian energy being about setting yourself free. How are we going to set ourselves free 
from the things that we have opted into with our words, with our attitudes, with our thoughts, with our distortions of our reality, with the way that we have for a very long time chosen to interact with our reality. And are we brave enough to break out of that? Because there is a duty that we have to ourselves. One thing that's really intensifying and strengthening is a trine between Jupiter and um, Uranus. And for a second, I want to go back in time and talk a bit about the quarter moon that happened on the 19th. Something so important about this quarter moon. So there was a grand trine on that day between Jupiter, the moon, and Uranus. There was an exact trine between the moon and Jupiter at 27 degrees, and Uranus is sitting in Taurus at 3 degrees. It was a grand trine that united the earth and fire element. And so that is all about the volcano and the campfire. It can be very explosive, especially emotionally explosive because of the moon was involved, right? And it also can be a campfire. So in which we utilize the, mm, mm, utilizing the kindling to create and keep this thing going. We think about coal and how it powered trains, right? Putting the coal into the fire to keep the engine going, right? Even the fireplace or the campfire and how it keeps people warm, keeps people energized, right? When you think about warmth, is it allows expansion. Air is, earth is cool and moist. When you think about winter and how the body constricts and how it hardens, to keep itself warm and how warmth allows one to expand to become open, right? And you think about like the heart, right? One thing that I, well, okay. One thing that I wanted to mention during this season, watch your posture. When you're crouched over or hunched over, you are closing off your one, your throat chakra and also your heart chakra as well. So you're stifling your voice, but you're also stifling your ability to be receptive to other people. And so also being able to kind of watch your body language to see how you do that. The thing about... (laughs) So to kind of talk about this, um, this grand trine and why it was very important is that between the moon and Jupiter, there is um, was an opportunity for emotional volatileness or extremes, which I often see with the, that aspect, um, and extreme emotional selfishness or recklessness. But also, there is the opportunity to feel into new ways of finding a sense of security um, emotionally. And there's an opportunity to expand one's ability um, to create an emotional framework that allows one to be 
adventurous in the way that they navigate the world. Um, the moon is going to meet back up with Jupiter in the next couple of, or I'm sorry, sometime within the next, few, yes, within the next few days. Um, it's going to be the last time that the moon is going to cross over over Jupiter in, um, cross over Jupiter in Sagittarius, right? And so moon in Leo says, I need to be seen to feel secure. Will I be accepted for who I am? The importance of being able to be received as the authentic self and the risk, emotional risk, that will be taken in order to do so or the opportunity to use one's beliefs to pull them forward into new ways of expressing authenticity, right? And can you see how that's kind of about emotionally breaking free of structures so that you can physically break free of structures? And again, this is a theme that will kind of come up when the moon meets up with Jupiter for the final time in the sign of Sagittarius. Moon between moon and um, Uranus, emotional surprises. And so again, with the Uh, emotional kind of breakthroughs and breakdowns that came through was an awareness of and I honestly feel like collectively the sadness that people felt was about literally existence and it being possibly a collective sadness that was felt because there is a collective need to say goodbye to old paradigms and the realization of what gets left behind there, right? It's another moment related to like the cord, umbilical cord cutting. Um, Ooh, just saw synchronicity. Um, And so it's a, a mourning in a way that I feel like people kind of felt And again, it goes back to the idea of the emotional volatileness um, and extremes. And and also with the moon, with Leo and Taurus, there's an element of greed that's there. And greed is connected to scarcity. Here we go. Greed is connected to scarcity, which is, again, another amazing thing that Lily allowed me to see when we were having this conversation. Greed says there's not enough. I have to hold on because there cannot be enough. There's not 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 enough, enough, right? And this is an opportunity for you to emotionally mourn where you feel like there is just not enough and the things that you have to break free of to make room for there to be enough. Not even in abundance, but literally enough, right? So... It's about authenticity versus stability. And unfortunately, being authentic emotionally will lots of time cause temporary discomfort um, and instability and having to reckon with that and be okay with that. Jupiter and Uranus talking about breaking free of beliefs, breaking free of dogma, finding the truth in our beliefs. Um, And this will be a continued conversation that will strengthen 
as our beliefs have some grounding in what we do in our lives. And from there, we will be able to start to build this new framework um, for our lives. And this will intensify, of course, as Jupiter and Saturn meet up. Um, And that will not be until next year, until September of next year. And so there is this kind of chasing that Jupiter is doing after Saturn to be like, look, 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 like I have all of these amazing things. And Saturn is not yet ready for that conversation because it requires an amount of forward thinkingness um, beyond tradition um, that it will not be able to have until it gets into Aquarius. I hope that made sense. I think it did. Um, So this really intense trine was, again, related to this energy of emotional anarchy and it's beginning to to intensify um and and heighten up as we are really just searching for freedom and uranus is like i can give you freedom you know um and there is an element of wanting and yearning you know Uranus is asking, like, bring the intensity, like, bring the, you know, the adventure, bring the risk, bring all of it. But in the back of Uranus's mind, it's like, oh, something has to be destroyed. Something has to be torn down. Again, it's like the tower moment. It's literally just, it's waiting. It's just slowly culminating and intensifying. Um, And so it's toppling ideas of beauty it's toppling ideas of money it's toppling ideas of security and value your ideas of what you can and cannot feel about the ways that you can and cannot be in relationship with other people the ways that you can and cannot experience pleasure all of that you know appearance really just knocking down all of those things and kind of seeing on so many levels how there are so many limitations and barriers around how you can be free. Like even the way that we conceptualize freedom now still has limitations based on what we've been told is acceptable um, as we want freedom. Venus is going to carry its conversation that it had about freedom and how to create freedom over the next 12 years into this beautiful trine with um, with Uranus. Relationship surprises, surprises from women. Um, learning that a woman has been keeping things from you, has had secrets or has been withholding Maybe things about career, maybe things about a business, possibly things about a man, a boss, an authority figure, maybe even a female authority figure figure um, that provides you with a surprise, especially a surprise related to your environment. So maybe there's a surprise related to your home, money in the house, um, roommate might have a surprise of cousins um extended family who else a teacher 
lots of different people. Surprises in your environment. Uh, your, your environment specifically related to your private life more so. Um, but some of those surprises from your public life per se might impact things or kind of be a trigger of something that's happening in your private life. I hope that made sense. The Chandra symbol we have is five degrees Sagittarius. Mm. An old owl sits alone on the branch of a large tree. A poised and wise approach to existence based on a clear perception of unconscious factors and their operation. The owl has always been a symbol of wisdom, and its hooting call has evoked a rise to mysterious and hidden elements in life. The owl functions lucidly in the night aspect of existence. His eyes see what men normally fail to perceive. Mm. He represents the consciousness which is active, where the processes of life normally escape the attention of the personal ego and its conflict and its intellect. It suggests in this symbol it suggests the possibility of developing a wisdom beyond tragedy, a peace and poise beyond conflict. One might speak here of translucidity lucid awareness is being able to pick up on the idea that there is something about the reality that does not make sense right when you're lucid dreaming you realize that you're dreaming and you say oh this is a dream And then you allow yourself to cultivate and craft the dream based on what it is that you see. This is something that you can do by practicing, right? The thing, I don't know if anybody has listened to Tanache's um, Night Ride album. (laughs) Um, The first song she uses like snippets of um like people talking about like esoteric shit um in her she's such a fucking Aquarius anyway and um they you know lucid awareness is used in the conscious world as well so it's used to manifest your reality it's realizing that in a way like I can take a step back from this framework and be able to create something else, right? And so in a way, it's being able to feel intensely the chaos of the paradigm that you are existing in and choosing to find ways of freeing yourself from that by creating a new reality, a new existence. So this is something that we've been talking about for a while. And that's why this new moon is incredibly important because it is just another all of these every month is becoming so redundant because it's about literally the same exact thing it's literally like a keep going 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 um and yes keep going um to 
switch gears and talk about Neptune going direct, which is the next day. Oh, I also wanted to talk about the degree that Neptune, I'm not Neptune, ooh, Jesus, um, V, Jupiter is in because that will be important to, as we have these two different conversations. Oh, I do not like this one. Okay. Sagittarius, 29 degrees. I did not write this. Dane Rudyard wrote this. Bear with me. A fat boy mowing the lawn of his house on an elegant suburban street. The need to attend to everyday tasks with both, which both ensure social worth or respectability and benefits one's constitution. This rather trivial picture becomes quite significant if related to the preceding three symbols. It begins down to a very concrete and commonplace level with the flag bearer and the sculptor symbols have presented. Those are two symbols that we've talked about maybe like months ago, um, over the last couple of months, and are of course coming back up here. A well-attended front lawn is a symbol of a homeowner's concern for his social position and his desire to give beautiful form to the growth of natural forces, thus revealing his appreciation of order and aesthetic values. The fat boy, quote unquote, suggests the constructive working habits are needed to compensate for self-indulgence in the amenities of social living. This fourth stage symbol speaks of one of the commonplace technical imperatives which face an individual belonging to a social elite. It reveals another phase in the cycle, relationship between the individual and the community and the need to maintain social respectability. This is in the 12th house. And to be quite honest, for once, it doesn't feel like it's a symbol that it's something that needs to be embraced, but rather that's something that needs to be deconstructed. As I said, our beliefs can be something that holds us back. They can isolate us, especially when we're choosing to opt into paradigms that don't align with what it is that we need and want for ourselves. We have to move beyond social respectability and we have to embrace emotional anarchy, right? And doing so, so that we can form new ways of social respectability. You know, the idea of the lawn, right? And the idea of self-indulgence. And of course, those two things have their relationships, their, their ways that they're expressed within, you know, our world. But also, you know, we can kind of think about the ways that those things are still necessary, but in a different framework, right? And so the 12th house being, again, all about the, the labyrinth. And in a way, it's like being imprisoned by the need to be socially respectable, you know, and respect and aligning with respectability politics, you know, and that's something that has its existence in lots of different communities within the black community. It's centered around the way that you talk, your socio, your economic status, what are you wearing? You know, I've had this like really, it's so funny that this comes up. I had this like conversation with my friends a couple weeks ago about getting a crescent moon 
mounted on one of my teeth. Bear with me just for the sake of sharing this example. And I talked about, you know, how in my household, um, the ideas of like being a woman and being an attractive woman are centered around being able to be viewed as soft and very feminine and you know and you know no tattoos no piercings no this no that you know if it is a tattoo I'm sorry if it is a piercing it's like a nose piercing or your ears are piercing like you have a second hole but like anything else it's like what the fuck are you doing right and and even then that's never necessarily been something that's resonated with me always had arguments with my mom about what it is that I choose to wear because I don't want to dress the way that she is interested in dressing I just have a different style than you and I feel like there's a different way to be feminine I feel like there's lots of different ways that I can express who the fuck I am through the way that I look through the way that I dress I love tattoos I love piercings you know what I mean I might have a gold tooth in a couple months you know what I mean and and none of those things take away from my ability to be beautiful or appear to be feminine you know what I mean even the argument around women cutting their hair um or even you know I understand within um communities of of queer people and like being a perceived or with trans people being perceived as you know cis normative and being able to pass you know what I mean so this is something that comes up in lots of different ways for lots of different people and being able to kind of think about some of those things and some of those structures that are again centered around social respectability and the respectability politics of the ooh I love how this is coming together of the different intersections of our identity and the parts of ourselves that impact our public persona and the way that the public takes us on there is an element of secrecy with this transit because there's a lot brewing underneath the surface there's so much that we're figuring out about ourselves that we haven't yet released to the public and it's not even that they need to be released to the public right but i think lots of these things will kind of come into awareness over the next couple of weeks and as we take the risks necessary um to align with this new space that we're going into going back to the idea of social respectability so ooh, let me change the chart this is becoming so long I have 15 minutes to finish this up I feel like this is like a two-hour episode um that's fine it's gonna take you a while to listen to it but guess what you're gonna have all of the information that you need um So, this one is fun. The Ascendant, the Moon, and the Sun are all in Sagittarius. 40-40 was the time when I said, was the marker when I said that. Crazy. Sun is in the 12th house. There may be a man, a husband, or masculine individual... There also may be a child that is being the person that is secretive. You also may kind of come into a place where you are 
trying to fight against being your own enemy. There's a very big element of dissociation from self. Isn't that funny that that's what happens when Neptune goes direct? <laughs> you just completely dissociate from yourself. Um, this dissociation from self. Um, and it can be, it's going to be a day where, again, lots of things are very difficult to pin down, but also lots of things are very clear. There is a really big element of being able to suddenly be aware of the chaos that has been created in your immediate environment because of lies, because of deception, um, because of the media, because of idealism, because of a warped perception that has existed over the last couple, the last six months that um, Neptune has been retrograde. And so it's coming into that awareness. And that's not necessarily the funnest. On this day, Chiron is going to be square Venus. So there's a really big element of the relationship boundaries that you have or the serious relationship that you're trying to create or what it is that you claim that you want out of a relationship or what you want for money and having to struggle with or the tension of how you get in your own way and so in a way it's like the elements of the masculine self um, and of your identity uh, especially wounds related to the identity that are standing in the way of your ability to build and create the relationships that you seek or that you desire or to value yourself in the way that you need to you know it's it's coming up against just like the realization that like the work is hard right and in that moment, it's not a, again, it's not a no, never. It's a not right now or a what else needs to be taken care of. And so kind of looking back at what else needs to be taken care of identity-wise that will allow you to formulate relationships, money, self-esteem, value, um, beauty, um, and, and honesty, uh, and emotional honesty with yourself that you've been kind of waiting for or been kind of trying to to find or, or create, foster for yourself. The sun in the 12th house energy is, again, very Icarus, don't get too close to the sun. It's a day in which, because there is a dissociation from self, it could be that you are, oh... Hold on. And the sun is, for the most part, unaspected on this day, too. 
very interesting yeah it's there's not a lot like it the it's kinkunks or in aversion to uranus so again there's some sort of thing ruining in the background just kind of waiting to fuck shit up um but and and this mm, it's the personal freedom it's the freedom of self that you're seeking that's being created in the background during this time and so there is the need to have that um it's a great i'm getting lost in the neptunian confusion you it's a good day to be alone if you can i understand for some people like you have to like i have to be at no do i have to be at work on the day i'm working from home on wednesday cool um i you know spend some time alone to meditate but also spending intentional time with people is also important people that can ground you um this is a day where you'll need some grounding um if you can if it's not too cold going for a nice barefoot walk putting your feet in the night on some sand or some earth to just really just tap back into the fact that like you are real this is real um is is super important stay away or be easy on the drinking and drugs you guys I feel like honestly if you want to be the person that gets very drunk or whatever it may be this week it's likely that things you're going to say all of the things that you weren't saying before it will be very easy for um to let the cat out of the bag because of mars i'm sorry because of mercury and it's um beautiful trine to neptune um and it's even like saying or it may be a week where things come up and it's like one thing has always been believed about a certain timeline or story and then information now is revealed that is like are you kidding me I never knew that it's like Scooby-Doo when they pull off the mask and it was like oh my god it was you Mr. Jones who was dressed as Frankenstein like you know that kind of thing and it's like yeah it was me and it's like oh shit why did I just tell on myself and it's like So pay attention to the messaging, right? Something October 15th that came back up on November 13th and is now coming up again on this day. There are, you you should just be compare notes, right? You should just be comparing notes. And there's just a, I thought what you said was this and finding out that there's additional information that lets you know that there was a lie that was being told. Um, so, hey, in terms of this impeachment shit and all of this shit being related to keeping up appearances, it will be very interesting to see what is uncovered. 
a lot of the lies are being used to, and this is because there's this like really fun little weird aspect that has Saturn in in the middle of it, being used to maintain a particular structure or maintain a particular paradigm or tradition or maintain somebody's authority. So even delusions related to authority are something that's coming out as well. And so I feel like the with the stationing of direct the lot the fog is rolling back in, but the fog rolling back in when you've already had an awareness of everything that's been lying behind the fog adds a new layer of clarity, if that makes sense, right? And in a way it's also being able to Neptune is the matrix. I just watched the matrix the other day um, for the first time in many, 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 many years. And it's like the moment in which Neo meets that kid and the kid is bending the spoons And the kid says, what you need to realize is that there is no spoon. And he's, Neil's like, what? And like the moment that you realize that it's not real is the moment that you have control over it. Again, going back to that idea of, um, what is it? Translucidity, right? Um, so being able to realize that and then we can see throughout the movie that he utilizes that knowledge to allow himself to bend the reality of what's happening around him so again that's something that can be used positively or negatively now that you know what you know about the truth you can bend the rules if you want to or you can use that awareness to decide, hey, I'm not going to do that. Um, but also being able to see the truth of delusion, you know, the truth of the delusions that you faced um, or that you've had and being able to snap out of them um, and choose to do something different, choose to move on to something else, choose to act within a different way. Um And it could even be floods, communication about floods, being emotionally flooded as well um, is a big thing that's kind of happening too. I think a lot of the delusions or illusions, whatever it may be, are going to be related to structures, again, structures in our life. Um, And I think there being a false sense of security Um, that we have that's kind of being unraveled. Let's see. Neptune is going direct at 15 degrees and 16 minutes of Pisces. Right next to my Mars. Sixteen degrees Pisces. In the quiet of his study, 
a creative individual experiences a flow of inspiration. Reliance upon one's inner source of inspiration and guidance. In this last scene of the great ritual of cyclic existence, we are dealing with various aspects of the process that enables man to confirm, confirm, formulate and perpetuate an original creative impulse which has become self-actualized in a myriad of ways throughout the cycle, short or long as the cycle may be. This first symbol strikes the keynote of a truly significant creative process. Their source is above, beyond, but also around the individual creator. The inspiration, original and individual though it may be, is given a form which is conditioned by cultural, social, and religious background of the creative person. In a sense, every genius merely records an answer to the needs of his time. The hands that write, play an instrument, or mold a plastic material are his own. The urge, the drive back, the drive back of the flow of inspiration has arisen in the vast collective mind of man. This is the first of the 70th series of five symbols. The individual aspect of the creative process is emphasized as the individual's need for concentration and at least inner quiet. He must have faith in his own subjective strength. I think that also speaks to the sun being in the 12th house as well, where there is just a knowing um, the self is not just the self. And this goes back to that idea of unity consciousness. And I think this symbol really speaks to that as well in terms of like the interconnectedness of decision makings and of action and of the creative process is knowing that it is informing structures, that it is informing tradition, that it is inspired by tradition. And so in a way, it's kind of realizing maybe even some of the things that you've dreamed of and the things that you've thought of making you free have still been shaped by the paradigm. Is that bad? Not necessarily, but they've been created because that was the space that you were formulated in. And being able to kind of realize and acknowledge for yourself how deep in it you are is the only way that you can allow yourself out of it. You still believe that there's a spoon, you know, and that is not good nor bad, but it is important to acknowledge that that is what you see and it cannot be transcended and new forms of freedom cannot be found without that but also is that even needed is that even necessary right I feel like Neptune direct is going to lead to more questions less answers sorry um and I think that's because there is so much that we've yet to uncover about our own individual hopes and dreams. And to a certain extent, I think that's why this process is so slow and so long, you know, even though it's also very fast and things are moving by us, there's so much to work out about what we believe and about what we see. And there is so much to unlearn and there is so much to realize is just straight up nonsense and lies and just not real you know 
Um, this conversation feels like it's starting to become a little bit nonsensical, so I'm going to go to bed. Um, I am ending this with more questions than answers. And maybe, I guess that's fine. I don't know. Thank you so much for listening this week. This episode is so weird. Um, I have decided... Um, I will not be doing in person over the phone um, or via IG readings in the year of 2020 for how long I do not know. Um, I have a lot of things that I need to invest my time and energy into. And so at this moment in time, I foresee that I do not have a lot of time for that. If that is the preferred method that you have for your readings, please book one now. If you book in the month of December for a reading like that, even if it is in 2020, that'll absolutely be fine. But all bookings in January 2020 are going to be pre-recorded. I just, that's the adjustment I have to make at this time. Um, thank you so much for listening another week. I'll talk to you guys next week about Jupiter entering Capricorn and whatever other weird shit is going on astrologically. Drink water, love your plants, bathe, and we'll talk next week.